This is LaQuest, a podcast from California's Assembly Democrats. It's not just about putting up monuments um, and changing names. It's about coming to terms with a nation and a state for the horrid past and treatment towards, here in this case, California's first people, so that healing could start to take place. That healing has never taken place here in the state. It's starting to now, but we have a long way to go. Long before California became California, the Miwok Indians lived, hunted, and fished in the region that would become known as Sacramento. Now, more than 150 years after California became a state, there's a monument to California's first people on the grounds of the state capitol. Hi, I'm Connor Turcott of Look West. On a cool, breezy morning during Native American Heritage Month, an eight-foot-tall bronze statue of William Franklin Sr. was unveiled in Capitol Park. Hundreds of tribal leaders, dignitaries, and students from a nearby middle school that now bears the Miwok name gathered for the unveiling. I count to three. Hook. Where? Pahi. I do want to mention, too, for those of you guys who are wondering, uh, Grandpa Bill's, we have him facing directly at the rotunda. And uh, just to share a little information, when we asked how we wanted him positioned, we wanted him to keep an eye on the Capitol. Let everybody know that we're watching. We're watching what you're doing, right? So for those of you guys who know, Grandpa Bill's going to always keep his eye for Indian country on that Capitol over there for us. The Franklin Monument specifically recognizes Sacramento area tribes and bands. But, as Assembly Speaker Robert Rivas said during the unveiling ceremony, it really represents all of California's first people. As many of you know, the the land we are standing on, uh, the land we are surrounded by, belongs to California's first people. And the unveiling of this monument honors the many tribes who continue to thrive here. Here and across our state, this moment, this day, belongs to all of you. For the tribal leaders, the dedication of the Franklin statue is significant and historic. Jesus Tarango is the chair of the Wilton Rancheria. Today's unveiling signifies the start of a new era here in California at our state capitol. One where we stop uplifting a false narrative and start honoring the original stewards of this land by telling a true and accurate portrayal of California's journey to statehood. Today is simply not an attempt to erase or rewrite history. In the contrary, it is an important step in telling an honest account of what happened on this land. It also serves as a reminder to every California native person that is here today or in the future that our simple existence is a true miracle and that we owe it not only to those who came before us, but also the future generations to continue to take up this fight. It is a reminder to occupy the spaces they have fought so hard to create and to use it for the betterment of all California people and not let outside forces or interests divide us 
because we are so much stronger when we work together to achieve these great accomplishments. Andrea Reich is the chair of the Tuolumne Band of Miwok Indians. As I stand beside my fellow leaders and amongst my community members, I am celebrating. Celebrating because this could not have been done without the hard work, leadership, dedication to this project, and support of the citizens and councils that we each serve. It's important to embrace and promote education about our history, and this statue is another step in that direction. This statue represents a symbol of strength in carrying on and sharing our teachings and our traditions so that they are not forgotten to all. This statue represents resilience shown by our ancestors to continue teaching and upholding those traditions that they fought and sacrificed so much to hold on to, to pass down to the generations of today. I'm so excited to share this statue with all who come to visit the Capitol grounds, honoring all of California's first peoples, determined to never let their language, those teachings, and our traditions be torn away from us. As we dedicate this statue today, I hope that all of the visitors of the Capitol grounds can now acknowledge the people that came before them and the people that once occupied these lands. Miko Walatakmu, from me to all of you, I thank you. Robert Geary is the Tribal Historic Preservation Officer for the Elam Indian Colony of Pomo Indians. Today is a good day. Today is a day that we see a likeness like us. Today is a strong day that gives us the opportunity to show that we're still here like we heard before. Even though we walk by you, we're in our nice jackets and pants and everything else and we're not in our feathers, we walk amongst you and we're still here. And Sarah Dushke is the chair of the Ion Band of Miwok Indians. Instal- of this amazing statue honoring our elder Bill Franklin represents a very significant and historic shift in the way we as Miwok people and California Indian people are viewed at the state's capital. This monument is an important step in righting the wrong of erasing the true history around California Indian people. But it's also more than just a representation of the past. It represents not only who we were as Indian people, but who we continue to be today. We're not just relics of the past. Some still think that. We are certainly more than the businesses we operate. We continue to survive and thrive as communities who value and celebrate culture and tradition on a daily basis. We dance and sing in precisely the same way that our ancestors did. We continue to support one another in our endeavors within our own tribes and among the other tribes. I'm really excited that now when adults and in particular children, and there's a lot of them out there today, visit the state capitol, they'll be able to see a true representation of the first people of these lands. And it's a representation of us, by us, one that we chose and one that will help everybody understand who we truly are as California Indian people. But even more importantly, and I say this as somebody who grew up very traditionally here in California, 
at a time when maybe when I was young, it, it wasn't super popular still to be Native American, to be Indian. Most importantly, our own people can now see themselves reflected and honored here in the state's capital. That's long overdue. Citizens of the Ione Band and the other sponsoring tribes can take pride in the fact that they have contributed to this important monument in history. No longer will our children feel invisible on their own land or be made to feel as though our history doesn't matter. Instead, they'll see themselves reflected in the statue and be reminded of the strength of our people. The story behind how the statue of William Franklin came to be installed in Capitol Park includes George Floyd, Junipero Serra, and Assemblymember James Ramos. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, just who is William Franklin? Chairman Tarango told us there are many William Franklins. Well, William Franklin, uh, depending on how you ask that to certain people, he was my uncle, um, but I called him grandpa. He was a grandpa to me. Mm -hmm. Um, He was my, uh, in our world, we call our dance captains Hayapos, and and Bill Franklin was our our Hayapo. Um, But I think when you look at a Bill Franklin, there's thousands of Bill Franklins here in California. Um, when you look at his story, um, it's very similar, very similar story here to the North and the South. Um, you know, uh, Grandpa Bill was a um, was one of Sherman. He went to Sherman, the boarding school. You know, that's a that's a big topic right now. What we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty in him going to that boarding school, um, there was others like him. Robert Levi um, from Torres Martinez, um, you know, a, a, a spiritual leader down there in his in his region. Jimmy James uh, to the north um, was also at Sherman and Bill Franklin. And so, you know, like uh, Bill Franklin to me was one of thousand people here in our state um, that wanted more, wanted to preserve our culture, wanted to educate people on our culture. Um, And and so, again, it's so fitting um, to be here. This is his home, his territory. Uh, But um, the statue to me, you know, in that people say, well, why Bill Franklin? It's because I think it's so easy to say every tribe probably has a Bill Franklin. During the unveiling of the statue, an emotional Teresa Yonamora, the daughter of William Franklin, enjoyed telling the crowd about her dad. I know that he touched a lot of lives by all the faces I see here. His children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, you know. And uh, just a little history on him. He was born in Nashville, El Dorado County, September 20th, 1912. His mother died when he was only three years old. So him and all of his sisters were orphaned, and they all went to different parts of the state. Some went to Oregon, some went to Stewart. It's just a brief little history. You know, one reason that um, he decided to dance and start the dance group is because he wanted, for the sake of preservation and the realization within his own community, but to reach into something that was unsafe semantic and insensitive American public. He was he learned how to dance in Ion by Captain Charlie, the keeper of the house, and he was only 10 years old when he first went in. They were chosen. They didn't just get to go up there and say, I want to dance. They were chosen by the elders. And later on, he danced with Frank Powell, A.C. McCauley, Henry Tipman, John Porter, and there was old Dan Gaynor was his person that he looked up to. He wanted to be like this man. And you know what? I guess he succeeded because by all the faces I see here, he was a proud native man. 
He raised all of his kids. He did everything with his dance family. So I'm proud and I'm happy to see all of you here. And that was just a little history of dad. You know, I could go on for hours and hours, all the things he taught us. When we were younger, every weekend we were gone dancing. We didn't have no sports. We didn't have this. It was always, okay, kids, time to get in the car. We're going to dance. So, you know, that was his life. He led that. He taught us. And hopefully he taught a lot of you people that are out here right now. Aho. The backstory to the William Franklin Monument goes like this. Back in 1967, James Ramos was born. 38 years later, he ran for his first public office. Now he's the first California Native American to be elected to the state legislature. I grew up in a mobile home trailer with my, my mom and Rowena Ramos and my dad, James Ramos, rest his soul, and my brothers and sisters, Elena and Tommy and Kenny, and all in a, in a trailer. And growing up there, it, it was um, pretty rough, right? We've seen a lot of um, substance abuse, alcoholism, those types of things that still plague Indian people um, to this day. And along the way, we would end up lobbying up here in, in Sacramento and Washington, D.C. And we'd always say that one of us needed to run. And um, some tried. Marianne Andreas um, from Morongo, my relative, Hithit Marinam, Serrano Amyuhaviatam, Serrano. She ran uh, and uh, didn't win, but she came close. And uh, Bonnie Garcia won that seat. Um, and then um, after that, we kept telling, asking people to run. And finally, someone said, well, why don't you do it? And in uh, 2005, I ran for the Community College Board in San Bernardino County and then uh, was, was elected. And then the County Board of Supervisors in 2012 was elected there. And then in 2018, uh, attained the assembly seat that I now sit in. Two years later, in May of 2020, George Floyd was murdered by police. Protests raged all around the country, including Sacramento. During one of the protests, a statue of Junipero Serra, a symbol of oppression to many, was toppled. Assemblymember James Ramos is in his second term in the assembly and recognizes the opportunity to replace the statue of a person who had enslaved natives with a monument honoring them. So he wrote Assembly Bill 338. I ran a bill uh, because I'm in the legislature. I can run bills now. So I, I ran AB 338 that um, would in place of that statue, put up a statue to California's Indian people. And it was a, a, an effort. Um, we had to get it through the Assembly and the Senate. We hit some roadblocks, but we were, became um, successful, and the governor signed it into law. And now, for the first time in the state's history, there'll be a monument um, honoring basically all the California Indian people, specifically the Miwok Nisanan people from this area. Those tribes came together to work together and lobbied and testified for AB 338. It's almost like a, a way of correcting the history in the state of California because now um, students and even adults that visit the Capitol will see a statue dedicated to California's first peoples. Ramos has given a strong voice to Native Americans. He told Look West why it's so important for people to know the accurate history of California. So it's really important because... No one could start to heal unless um, someone comes to terms with um, and acknowledges a, a past, a, 
a whore had passed, in this case, to California Indian people. California came into be a state in 1850, one of the first acts in 1850 by the governor um, at that time, moved forward to put out a bounty on California Indian people, paying money, militias, in the state of California with taxpayers' dollars to go out, shoot and kill Indian people. That happened in 1850 and moved forward. So a lot of times that his, the history books do not even mention, mention about the militias that were formed with taxpayers' dollars or even the treatment towards Native American women during that time. And still, to this day, um, we had to run a bill, a bill in 2022 that actually was AB 2022 that got rid of a derogatory name towards Native American women. And then we call it the S word. It's so derogatory for us that we don't even say it. But it took till the year 2022 for the state to acknowledge that that term is derogatory towards Native American women. So it's not just about putting up monuments um, and changing names. It's about coming to terms with a nation and a state for the horrid past and treatment towards, here in this case, California's first people, so that healing could start to take place. That healing has never taken place here in the state. It's starting to now, but we have a long way to go. Chairman Tarango also told Look West why he believes it's critical for all Californians to know the real story of their state. It means the world to me. Um, you know, being, a, a, being, I would say, one of the younger leaders in our state, uh, in, the, in, the, in Indian country, um, you know, we grow up knowing what our history is. We grow up knowing our culture, most of us, um, you, you know, but it's the other cultures and the other uh, peoples that live in our great state that don't understand. And, and so for me, um, you know, it's, it's very significant to tell that true story um, because none of us here were alive 100 years ago, you know, 250 years ago. And so for us to figure out where we're at today and where we're trying to go, to me, you can't do that until you understand each other. And, and again, California has a, to me, the darkest history in the United States as it pertains to the treatment of the first inhabitants. Um, and so for people to understand who my people are today, um, you have to understand where we come from. And you have to understand that also we're different. You know, there's 109 fairly recognized tribes in California. And so it's not cookie cutter. You know, so you have to really take the time to learn about us individually if you'd like to, you know, but I think that um, it's very significant for us to tell the accurate history so that people could have the full gamut of, of, of who these people are. Why are they? What do they eat? What do they do? What do they believe in? You know, and so for me, very important for us to tell the, the true, uh, accurate history um, of our state. As we wrapped up our discussion with Assemblymember Ramos. We asked him if California is a leader when it comes to rectifying its past abuses of Native Americans. I think California um, has a long way to go. Um, certainly, um, we have missing and murdered indigenous women. That's California's number five of all states of unresolved and uninvestigated murders against Native American people. Um, but also, we've um, led areas. Um, the state of California is leading in, in a formal apology to California's first people. Land is being um, returned to tribes um, throughout the state of California um, for conservation, and their voices are being heard. The Truth and Healing Council that the governor put together is charged with a task of coming together, looking at the past treatment, but also having a plan um, presented to the state legislature. And so California is leading the way. California and signing of AB 1936 of changing a prestigious law school's name here on the side uh, of, of California Indian people 
is historic. California continues to lead the way in that aspect. But also coming to terms with a horrid past, California continues to lead the way in holding UCs and Cal State universities accountable um, for the repatriation of Native American remains that the governor and uh, the speaker of the assembly, Speaker Rivas, um, has supported in making sure that over 700,000 at the Cal State University system and over 500,000 at the UC system, well over 1.5 million remains of ancestors get back to the proper people for proper reburial. We want to thank all the tribal leaders, especially Chairman Tarango, for being a part of this Look West episode. And a special thank you to Assemblymember Ramos for being on the show. I'm Connor Turcott. Listen for a new Look West episode on the third Thursday of every month. Thank you for listening. The Look West podcast is produced by California Assembly Democrats. When you think of Californian politics, remember to look west.